Welcome to FIO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome to another edition of FIO on the Air. Today we've got another uh, supplier spotlight and we're happy to have Rob Gray from Creative Club join us. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, Dave. Now, a number of our members that were at our conference in Richmond Hill might remember your uh, lounge set up with your um, Lego uh, couches and chairs and everything. And I think that was your first experience with uh, the field group. Is that correct, Rob? It was. And what a great event. Uh, I was I signed on just before the event and we uh, sponsored the hospitality suite, set up the giant blocks. We set up uh, a giant bar, all out of Everblocks, which was so much fun. And it was great connecting with uh, members. I'm a new member now. So it was a great, it was great to get everybody's feedback from our product of, of the Everblocks and to celebrate. It seems like a million years ago, Dave, though. Yeah. Now, Rob, talk a little bit about what your company was at that time, because we know uh, a few weeks after the conference, everything changed. And I'm sure Sure, you got a lot of bookings through the conference that uh, haven't panned out and some have. But just talk a little bit about your experience and what your uh, Creative Club was about pre-COVID. Sure, Dave. Uh, the company's Creative Club Global. We added the Global uh, last uh, about two years ago. We're 11 years now. We have two elements, two major elements to our business. Actually, multiples. But uh, in our sort of kids division, we do Lego robotics coding programs for kids in schools. So um, lunchtime programs to after school, in class, family STEM nights, family math nights, all focused on education of kids. And then we started when we brought up the Everblocks uh, about uh, five years ago now, we started doing events and festivals. So we, the other element is we set up a, a station of 15, 20,000 Lego bricks for festivals and events. We can create signs. And out of the Everblocks, we do the same thing. We make giant chairs, tables, couches, uh, live art. And uh, we also uh, can spell out the name of events and festivals. So that's kind of two elements. And then the other element of ours is our corporate team building. And of course, it, it, a very hands-on um, group, like you said, team building exercise. Yeah, you know what, our, our roots is team building. You know, before Creative Club, uh, we for 15 years ran team building programs for adults. It's interesting, we started Lego with adults before we started kids. So we work with companies like Johnson & Johnson and major companies developing in-person, live, interactive programs that could help develop staff uh, morale, uh, improve skills, communication with the staff. And we continue to do that. We just now have multiple divisions. So March 13th hits, the pandemic um, begins, and you've, you've got a decision to make how you're going to transition from a hands-on team building, everybody together to figure this out to everybody stay apart, nobody touch anything, and how are we going to make this work? Can you talk a little bit about that transition? Uh, before that process, there was the shock <laughs> and, yeah. and, and need for therapy. If anybody's met me, I go 100 miles an hour. We were running so many programs in different schools, and I'm on the move. So the first shock was I'm not moving anymore, and I can't go anywhere. Um, it took a good month and a half to two months to – take care of myself first, take care of health, 
and then refocus on the business. And we decided on creating online programs uh, through Zoom, mornings or afternoons, 90 minutes for kids, focusing on Lego, robotics, coding, and we put those programs out and they were very helpful for, uh, for the kids. In fact, many of the kids stayed with us week after week to grow and develop. And did you find it was a pretty seamless transition or was it, uh, you know, when you got into the, the Zoom world and the video and, and everything, did you have to change a lot of, of how you uh, ran the programs? You know, that's a great question. Uh, I remember delivering our first Lego program, ZoomWise, and I'm an in-person person person. For those of you who met me at the conference, uh, I'm live and interactive. And so reaching out to kids via Zoom was a challenge because it just there was a disconnect. So after the first class, I, I turned to my daughter and I said, this is tough, but it, it got easier. We were able to still deliver the program and you know what? Also, we provided a voice for kids because at the time they were isolated and they still are in some degree. So they got a chance to talk not only about what we were teaching them, but just to be able to communicate uh, with uh, people on the other side of the Zoom call, meaning us. So they were ben- the programs were beneficial. We can still deliver what we do, but we prefer to be live. Now, you know, unfortunately, we're still in the midst of this pandemic and and who's to say whether we're early stage, mid stage, or, or coming near, you know, a hopeful vaccine, but what does the fall look like as, as the kids are going back to school and, and your integration with the, with the education system, because I know they're going to be somewhat more structured than they were with combinations of back in class and, and online learning as well. So how have you had to transition through that? If this were any other year, I would be calling all my principals, uh, setting up programs for lunchtime, after school, in class, and uh, evening programs. This year is different. We are not communicating with, uh, well, I've, I've reached out to my principals just to say, hello, I'm here, but I know we won't be in school. So we've done a couple things, and, and thanks for asking, Dave. We're going we're gonna to set up our online programs after school for kids and really develop and increase our, our program uh, selection. So we're going to add things like songwriting and different programs that kids are interested in. live programs, I've actually, the last few days, been securing locations throughout the GTA near where our schools are so that we can do live uh, programs after school at these venues. These are party centers or uh, venues that uh, can rent out the space to us. So we'll be running programs four to seven after school. And that way, for those who are comfortable and the kids will be masked and will disinfect everything, it'll be an in-person uh, experience for them, just like they had at school. So we're kind of duplicating what we did in school, only we're doing it in another location. And how have you found that transition? I, I know you're just preparing for it, but with the PPEs and the cleaning protocols and everything, um, are you comfortable that you've got a system in place and that you've got the product that's necessary to do what the medical officers of health are deeming necessary and everyone's working together so our venues uh, are are already disinfecting everything and using ppe and having a certain protocols in place and we are just adhering to those when we're um, renting their space we are making sure that we are masked and yeah i think that there's the general level of a more comfort, shall I say, 
with parents and kids that as long as they're masked and they wash their hands before and and after and don't touch their face, then they're, they're comfortable. You know, I think, uh, you know, this is a shout out to the province of Ontario and to Canada, how great a job they've done in flattening the curve and getting us to where we are right now just down to, I'm literally looking at my screen right now and it says 100 new cases today in Ontario. You know, we came from a long way. We're in a better place, but as long as we adhere to the protocols, we'll, we'll be able to move forward. And I, I guess you've not, and as, nor have I, heard of any changes in the numbers. So it's 50 people indoors, 100 people outdoors. Have you heard any rumblings about any changes to that or... No changes as far as I know, and that's okay. I think that, you know, the, the, the reason why Ontario and, and the country of Canada has done well is that we've taken a very slow approach, methodical, and make sure that uh, we're listening to uh, the medical officers. Yeah, and I think, you know, as Canadians and, uh, you know, we're obedient, we follow the rules, we, we do what's suggested, and I, and I think that has helped. Now, You've talked in our in our pre conversation. You talked about some festivals you've been involved with that are going live and in a different type of format. Can you explain to some of our listeners uh, some of the things you've been involved in and some projects you've got coming up? I'm I'm so glad that some organizations and some festivals are going to run. You know, I'm I'm part of so many different festivals and and one in particular. I remember Corn Fest, uh, and the the organizer called me and said, "Listen, we're going to cancel this year." And I said please don't. And I, I know why they're doing it, but the, the, the sense of community that festivals offer are so important to us. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not the rides or the bouncy castles or the Lego or anything. It's that sense of community. So some organizations have, uh, some festivals have decided to go live only with social distancing in place. And one is uh, I'm going to be next week at the Oak Park Festival in Oakville. And they've got, um, instead of having one day, they're going to spread out their event over multiple days. Uh, they're going to have performers on stage performing while everybody's socially distancing. They're selling tickets. And they're still going to bring the community together, only their focal point will be on stage and non-interactive. So for me, with the giant Everblocks, we're going to be building on stage some neat things. We're going to have competitions between me and my staff crowd can do and we'll also be singing uh, i don't know if you know this dave but i wrote uh, a song called talking about lego which is the very first song ever written about building with lego it's out on youtube <laughs> shout out and uh, so we'll be singing that live as well so we're, it's going to be music and blocks and a lot of fun at the very end the kids are going to line up and socially distance and come see what we built on stage it's going to be great so now, is that, the, is that the first live and in-person festival you've been involved with over the summer, or have there been others that you've been a part of? No, this is the first one, Dave, and, it, and it's great. I am a, I, I'm an entertainer, host, MC by trade, so I, I come alive when I'm uh, able to either be on stage or in front of kids. Um, so this is, this is really exciting. Uh, I hope it's a model for uh, fall events that may want to step forward. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, as I've been talking to a number of the different sector associations, whether it's resorts, attractions, or restaurants, you know, as the economy is starting to open up a bit, there's still that fear 
about getting out and you know in some cities they're embracing the patios and getting back out to restaurants but in other cities people still aren't aren't ready to leave the the security of their home and uh, you know and and the fear is still there so I'm hoping as time moves forward people will will come up with inventive ideas because what like you said we're all about bringing people together I mean this whole pandemic has taught us how to do things apart and you know in the festival and events world that's just not our nature we're creatures of community and that's what i see and i'm sure you see it at festivals and events it, it's the interplay of people and if we can get out and socially distance at the same time and still get together and and have that feeling of community it's it's so special for us we've been at home too long and yes there are concerns but i'd rather those be concerns rather than fears Exactly. And I think, you know, people are starting, I'm hoping communities are really starting to see the effect of not having festivals and events, you know, not having a thousand or 10,000 people in your downtown core, you know, the spinoffs and restaurants and hotel stays and, you know, whatever, whatever else is happening, the attractions in the area. I mean, we're all in this together and we're all suffering the same. So when the end is near and, and there's the new normal that comes out, you know, I, I look forward to getting back together and, and building those communities and bringing people back together without a fear. I agree. Uh, it's interesting. I just attended a virtual event last night and uh, with the International Live Event Association, and they did everything they could to make sure that it was uh, a simulating a live event. And I know they did the best that job they could. And it, it was amazing because you actually, when you logged on, you were seated at a table and you had table discussion and then a, a, an address, and then back to the table discussion, and then a performance on stage, which was about an hour, all request, and then a discussion after. Um, it was the best we could do in this environment. I'm hoping that we can start looking at ways to do that live, um, like these drive-in movie theaters uh, are doing. There, there are ways to do it, and we can do it with our Everblocks too, because we can make signage for these events and create some excitement, live art, you know what? I just want to get people out and uh, just like you, Dave. Well, Rob, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk about the Creative Club International. Uh, one last chance to uh, get a plug in for you guys and how if, if anybody's looking at doing something in the fall or uh, in the last few weeks of summer, how do they get in touch with you and, and what would be the best format to do that? So email is always best, rob at creativeclubglobal.com. That's rob at creativeclubglobal.com. The website is creativeclubglobal.com. Uh, we're available with our giant blocks. Um, they've been collecting too much dust over the summer, but we're starting to get out and, and create signage for event and excitement. If you got an idea, let's just go with it. I mean, we're getting creative now in this new world, so challenge me and let's figure it out. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you, Dave. Remember everybody, uh, our frontline workers are still out there working hard to keep us all safe uh, to all our volunteers and our frontline working volunteers. We thank you for what you're doing and we uh, look forward to the day that we can all get back together. I'm Dave McNeil and you've been listening to FIO on the air. Thanks for listening to FIO on the air the voice of festivals and events in Ontario. 
Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with Theo on the air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. FIO on the Air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now, Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca.